Nyham, we are so glad that you're here worshiping with us. And if you are watching online, we're so glad that you're connecting with us. This is a special Sunday for us. We get to pray for all of our connection groups and connection group leaders. And so if you are a connection group leader, could you please stay standing and then everyone else sit down. And if you're around a connection group leader, if you could maybe put uh, you know, a hand on them or stretch out your hand towards them, we want to pray a blessing over all of our leaders for all of our groups for this fall semester. And so would you agree in prayer with me right now? Lord God, thank you so much for this time that we get to worship you and glorify you. We thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. You're amazing. And Lord, right now, we just ask that you would bring an incredible blessing on our connection group leaders. Lord, we just ask that you would bring a commissioning and an empowerment. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would use them in amazing ways. Lord, as they're opening up their homes, as they're leading groups, as they're leading people in our community and in our church, Lord, that you would use them in an amazing way. God, that you would just do an incredible work, Lord, miraculous signs and wonders, your supernatural work, your, the power of your Holy Spirit would just run rampant as we develop relationships and we serve in our community and we serve each other and we dig into your scripture and your word. Uh, Lord, I pray blessings over them. Lord, in all of our groups for this entire semester. And Father, I pray that you would use Pastor Nicole and I as we, as we dig into your word, as we talk about scripture. Lord, as we talk about our identity as being sons and daughters of you. Now, Lord, we ask that you would speak. We love you, Father, so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are in a series about sons and daughters, and it has been powerful. I don't know about you, the last few weeks have been so powerful, so great, just really learning about our identity as sons and daughters of God. And so we have been saying a verse together the past few weeks, so I want us to do that again today, 2 Corinthians 6, 18. So say this with me, and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Yes, and so when we live in that identity as sons and as daughters, it changes everything. It impacts us so deeply. And when we've been impacted by something, when our life has been changed, it's not just for us. It's for others as well. What we've walked through, what we've experienced, the transformation we've had in our life from becoming sons and daughters of God, it's not just for us. We are to share that with others. I know we do this all the time in our life. If we like something, it, we share it with others, right? We talk about it. We, we tell them about the whole thing, whatever it is that we like. I mean, for example, if we eat at a restaurant that's really good and the service is excellent, we go and we tell our friends about it. We share it online, right? We make sure everybody knows about it. Or if we use a product that we really, really love, we let people know about it, especially if it makes our life better, makes things easier. We're gonna tell people about it. I mean, have you ever done this? Have you told people about that? I know for me, I always tell people about the King in the North sushi roll at Umami because it's amazing. It's the best sushi roll ever. If you haven't had it, you have to go have it. It's amazing. And I tell everybody about it. They're like, oh, where should we go to lunch? I'm like, umami, <laughs> and get the king in the north roll. Uh, it's my favorite. And then, ladies, if I've ever talked to you or, or am talking to you, I'm probably going to talk to you about my makeup because I found this great makeup that I absolutely love, and it's changed my life, and I will tell you about it. So if we, if we have that, we share about it, right? We tell other people. 
And so when something is good, when we love it, we share about it. We don't keep it a secret. How much more should we be sharing about what God has done in our life? What God has done in our life. It shouldn't be a secret. We should not just be keeping that to ourselves. And some of you have had an incredible encounter with God during this series. You, you've been touched deeply by finally living in your identity as a son and daughter. And God is now asking you to share about it. So as sons and daughters, we should be willing to talk about the Lord and what he's doing in our life. And, and so one of the things that we need to do in order to make this happen is we have to accept the personal responsibility. So we have a responsibility to share what God has done in our life. Because to me, uh, once you're part of a family, we take the responsibility of the family. And, and so if we're in God's family and we claim him as our father and we say, hey, I'm one of God's kids, I'm a son and daughter. And, but then when we look at the reality of being in that, God's family is not done growing yet. Uh, he desires more, more kids and people to be in his family. So the lost sons and daughters are those who have not yet made a commitment to follow Jesus. Those are the ones that we need to accept the responsibility of and share about God's family and what that is. And so, but God wants them to come home. I mean, this idea and the understanding of coming home is so important. And so Jesus talked about this often. Jesus, in fact, gives a mandate for us about sharing about the kingdom of God, about sharing about the love of, about his love, about our story and who we are. And so constantly through the entire ministry of Jesus, he was talking about, about the kingdom of God is at hand. And so we have to recognize that and about people coming in. So at the beginning of Jesus' ministry in Mark chapter 1, Starting in verse 17, it says, Jesus called out to them, come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. And so that's the understanding of pursuing after relationships and other people and talking to them about Jesus. And then at the end of Jesus' ministry, he gives us this incredible understanding in Mark 16, 15. He says, and then he told them, go, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, to every single person, to to, to everyone that we encounter. And so what we have to understand in, in the reality of sons and daughters and us being that is that from the beginning of time, when sin entered the world, right, when Satan tempted Adam and Eve and, and the devil came, he is constantly trying to keep us from our identity being a son or a daughter of God. I mean, he, he wants us to, to be outside of that, living on our own accord and our own desires and really not knowing our true identity, that's really what he wants and, and desires. But God, because of Jesus, he implemented a path and a way for us to come home, to return back home to our Father. And so we just, we believe the reality that God is like, welcome home, come back. You know, his kids are coming back. And we have the opportunity to share in that responsibility because God wants all of his children to come back home. You know, I remember uh, one time when I was in college, uh, I, I, we were done with the spring semester, and we were getting ready to go into summer, and, and I went to school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is like nine billion miles from Melbourne, Florida, and my whole family was here, and, and I was like, you know, I, it, it was summertime, and I was coming home for the summer, but my sister and her husband and family, they live just north of Dallas, so I, I shot down there to hang out with them for a weekend, but then I knew I was, I was coming home. I was just, I was excited to come home. You know, as a college student, I was like, I just want to get home, and so I drove straight through from da Dallas, Texas, all the way to Melbourne, Florida, 
It took me 20 hours. I did it all by myself, and it didn't matter. I only got pulled out over once, like, and that's a win, you know? So, and he didn't give me a ticket. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm driving home. He, he let me go, you know? And so I just, but the whole idea is like, I want to go home. I want to be home. And we have to understand about what it is about being in God's family and coming home to the body of Christ, coming home to church, come being connected with our, our dad in heaven. And, and I know just saying that and challenging you and, and, and helping us to understand our responsibility, many times people go, oh, you know, that's great for you, Pastor Aaron. You, you do that so well. And, but that's not for me. Like, I can't do that. I, I, I'm timid. I'm introverted. You know, I'm not comfortable doing that. I'm more of a private person. And I totally understand that. And I get it. And it can be really intimidating. But what we have to understand is that we can take responsibility for that and that we actually have a part. Every single one of us, we have a part to share with others. And so that's why we're talking about it today. And so there might be some things that you glean from this message that you can adopt in your life and learn some stuff to be part of this. Because, uh, you know, in our immediate family, we all share the responsibility of our home, right? Our house, our dwelling. So we, we all do different things. We support each other. We encourage each other. Uh, you know, when, when one of our vehicles is not working, we give each other rides when we need to. We do chores in the house. Our, our sons do some outdoor chores and yard work and dishes and laundry and we do some cleaning. So we all share in the responsibilities of our home. And so we all pitch in to do that. So it doesn't just fall on one person. Like there's six people in our home and we all do a part to help our family. How much more for us as the body of Christ, as a church family, as, as part of the kingdom of God, so that we get to do that, to share the radical love of Jesus with those who don't yet know him. Absolutely. And so the second thing that we need to do is we need to share our story. We've got to share our story. What has God done in your life? How has your life changed since you've become a child of God? Our personal story has power. And you may say, well, you know, my story, it just isn't really that great. I mean, I accepted Christ when I was really young, and I've just been in church my whole life, and you know, I wasn't out there living this crazy, sinful life, so there wasn't this radical change. So, I mean, I, I don't feel I need to share that, right? Well, every story matters. Every story matters. Your story matters, and it will make a difference in someone else's life. Because your story is more powerful than you think. It's more powerful than you think. And so I like to encourage people to be ready to share their testimony. And you can do it simply by preparing in three minutes. So you take one minute and you share about what your life was like before you found Christ. Then you share one minute about how you came to follow Christ. And then you share one minute about what your life has been like since you've been following Christ. So in three minutes, you can share your personal testimony. And so I want to encourage you to do that. And so today we actually get to hear from a couple people from Grace Church. They're going to share their story with us, which is incredible. You get to hear some personal stories today. And so we have Pastor Tom 
Anderson, our connection pastor, and then we also have Maydean Bo. They're both involved here at Grace Church, and they have agreed to come and share their story as an example for you so that you can hear this and learn how to do it for yourself. So go ahead, Pastor John. Good morning. I get the privilege of uh, giving you a little bit of my story. Um, how amazing um, God is. So um, my story begins with uh, my family. Uh, my parents divorced when I was two. I had a father who had anger issues. He was physically abusive. He was an alcoholic. And he was promiscuous. My mom, she had emotional issues. She had codependency and an inability to be alone. And so that's what was modeled for me growing up. The only Christian in our family was my grandmother. And uh, without her influence, I fell into the habits of my parents. At a young age, I began to drink, I began to do drugs, and I began to sleep around. And so those things, I found out that they weren't really good. And uh, at the age of 16, I was emancipated from my parents. And at the beginning of my junior year in high school, I dropped out of high school. And so with that, I stumbled around. I woke up one morning at about hmm, probably 18, hungover from a party, and I decided something had to change. So I went to the only safe place that I knew, which was my grandmother's hometown. But of course, old habits die hard. So I looked up an old friend that I used to party with. And he began to tell me about his story, about how God saved his life, and began to tell me the story of Jesus. I thought, man, you're nuts. So I left. <laughs> <laughs> so I went home. That night I couldn't hardly sleep. And for three days, I felt like fishing line was attached to my heart. And it was pulling me and pulling me. And after three days, I got a little irritated and tired of that. So I went back to my friend's house. I said, okay, lay it out. Tell me, tell me your story. So he did. And around 4 o'clock that afternoon, that was 8 in the morning. So around 4 in the afternoon, he finally says, hey, do you want to go to a Bible study tonight? I said, absolutely. But we have got to get some food, man. <laughs> so I heard the story. I went to this Bible study, and that night, Tuesday, April 7th, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. <laughs> About 11 days later, I was baptized in a cold creek during our Easter celebration at the pastor's house. And, uh, but I didn't, I didn't change for the better. My, my example of parents, my father was what was keeping me from that great relationship and being that son to our God. And so I struggled. And so uh, I fell into some of those habits, but then I decided I'd join the army, but God really met me in the army. <laughs> he sent me a mentor to grow me and teach me and disciple me, and it was amazing. And from that point on, I began a personal relationship with Christ. And I began serving in the church. Those opportunities were countless. And so over the next 22 and a half years in the military, three deployments and 13 moves, <laughs> we got involved in church. And so I went back to school, got my bachelor's degree, then ultimately went to seminary. 
And then upon retirement, Sherry Lynn and I joined a mission organization to do work in Kenya, Africa, where we discipled people, we drilled wells, built churches, built schools. But COVID changed that. And so through a series of events, we ended up here at Grace Church with y'all. We loved it. And then we felt called to Alaska. Many of you may know that story. We went to Alaska for eight months as missionaries with a different organization. We saw discipleship occur, salvations, healing. It was amazing. We actually taught a lot of freedom classes. <laughs> but uh, it was amazing how God moved. And then around January, we joined you all in the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it was at that point that we knew God was calling us back to Grace Church. And so it is a privilege to be able to serve the Lord and to serve you here at Grace Church as your connection pastor. So I thank God for the leading of the Holy Spirit and all that he does through the great leadership of our pastors. Thank you. Good morning, Grace. Today is the first time that I'm boldly telling my testimony. I grew up in Freeport, Bahamas. I grew up in a community in which the entire community was Catholic. I went to Catholic school, we went to Catholic church. I also strayed from the very beginning with living a life of fornication. I believed that no matter what I did, once I was in church on Sunday, it was okay. That was wrong. At the age of 20, I got married. A few months after getting married, I heard the gospel of being saved and salvation. So one night, after I heard a sermon about salvation, I read Romans 10 and 9, where it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, believe in your heart and believe that he's risen Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. So I gave my life to the Lord. I was serving the Lord. I was praying, fasting, and doing everything you're supposed to do as a young Christian. During that time, I had a beautiful daughter who liked to refer herself as my firstborn, Cassandra. And all of a sudden, my marriage ended. I was hurt. I was shamed. I was embarrassed. At the time, I didn't know. But I was then in a backslidden position because my faith in God had failed. I felt as if God let me down. And this time, it wasn't a fight with fornication. It was a fight of adultery with a married man. This went on for a few years. I got pregnant. The pregnancy was very hard. I had preeclampsia. My blood pressure was out of control. So they had to take me on an air ambulance from Freeport, Bahamas to Nassau, Bahamas. As soon as I arrived, I was immediately prepped for surgery. I was advised that there's a great possibility that I will not make it my child will not make it, or we both may not make it. I remember coming out when they woke me to tell me that I had a baby girl, and she was one pound, five ounce. During this time, for the next three days, I was in a semi-medicated 
induced coma where I was in and out of consciousness. I remember for a few brief moment of time, my sister at my bedside, but then I will go out again into a deep sleep. On the third day that night, I had a dream that changed my life forever. I dreamed that I was in a dark place and my hand was extended out almost like a about to be crucified. And then all of a sudden, a white light came from the right and it entered my side. I immediately opened my eyes, sat up and said, I am going to live. After that, I, ran, I went through a period in which I started to meditate among this moment. It is then that I realized and know what it meant about the grace of God, about the mercy of God, about the miracle working power of God. Because I was in sin and I could have died, but it was his grace and his mercy. I said, God, why am I still here? Then the revelation came. It's because he has a plan and a purpose for my life. He has an assignment on my life. So now I'm living my life trying to fulfill his assignment. And if any time I got slack, get slack or weary or from his assignment, I have this reminder of my beautiful daughter who's now 23 from a one pound, five ounce. So now I'm on a quest for the rest of my life to complete my assignment. Here at Grace sometime, you'll find me at the door greeting. You may find me at the altar praying for people. I am in the outreach ministry with Grace and Nana's house assisting with needs. I have just been asked by Pastor Tom to be a coach for the leader of the, of the connection groups. I am now on a quest to do whatever God wants. My answer to God at this moment in time is yes, Lord, I will do it. And that's my testimony. Thank you so much. Thank you. Incredible. And so make sure you thank them and encourage them. It's a big deal to share it like that in front of so many people. And, but it says in God's word that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So we're challenging you today to prepare your testimony and to be ready to give it at any time. So for us, you know, the next step is being ready to give a personal invitation, to have a conversation with somebody, you know, to talk to them and, and seek out that opportunity, however it may come about. And so one of the phrases I like to use is I call it a circle of five, right? I believe every single one of us, there are probably five people in our life that don't yet know Christ that God has put in our sphere of influence. So it might be people at work or our neighbors or family, but there's a circle of five in and around us that we should be praying for and encouraging and giving invitations to and talking to them about church and Jesus. Because it, it, like the understanding of being a son and a daughter is not just exclusive where we exclude people out. We believe God's family is inclusive. So we have to constantly be looking for opportunities to share with others. And so I want to share with you Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 14. It says, but how can they call on him to save themselves unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless, let's read these three words together. Someone tells them. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. 
So we just, we feel that there should be an opportunity for an invitation. Uh, talk to them about Christ, inviting them in what, it, what the reality of being a son and daughter, that we're not perfect. We've got issues and problems, but we have a father that loves us unconditionally and a savior that laid his life down for us. And we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I know sometimes we get scared, right? Sometimes we get scared to share our story. We get intimidated. And some people are, quite honestly, some of us are unwilling to share about Jesus with others. And so in the reality of this post-Christian culture that we have in our country, that we're experiencing, now more than ever, we need to take these opportunities and seek out opportunities to pray and talk with others. Because sometimes we do get ashamed of our past, and, but, but to share that is, is very redemptive, right? What God has done inside of us can really be an encouragement to other people. So sometimes we just think, oh, well, that's too hard. I can't do that. So what I want to do is I just want to give you a simple acronym on sharing your story or sharing about Jesus. And it's literally ABC. It's the ABCs of salvation, where the A is we admit. Like every single one of us, we need to get to the point where we admit that we're a sinner, right? And, and, and so then the B is to believe in Jesus, that God loves us so much and that we can put our faith in Christ. And then we experience C, which we're, where we confess. So we admit, we believe, and we confess that Jesus is our Lord and Savior and that we need him more than anything. And so what happens if you do that? What if you walk somebody, somebody through that process or invite them or are praying for them? Every single time it might not work out. Like Pastor Tom shared the story, like he told his buddy, he's like, you're crazy. Like, and that maybe has happened to some of you. And that's going to continue to happen. And that's quite all right. Because I guarantee you that the Holy Spirit is working in and through you in that person's life. And you just never know sometimes how God is moving powerfully. So we have to be understanding of the reality that that. People need to come home, to come home to God's family. So don't be afraid of what other people might think about you or what they might say, because it's really not about us. Like, we have got to push the timidity aside once and for all and realize that there are lost sons and daughters, and God wants them back home. Absolutely. I don't know about you, but in our house, when it's time for dinner and we're having a family dinner together, there's six people in our family, so... We come to the dinner table and there's only five there, it's obvious that someone is missing. And so what do we do? We say, where are they? They should be here. They're a part of our family. And one of us goes to try to find them. Hey, so-and-so, where are you? It's time for dinner. Come and join the family. There's a spot at the table for you. You're missing, right? We, we notice that in our own family. And so... Why would it be any different for God's family? Why would it be any different? We should notice that there are missing family members. And just as a couple of weeks ago, we shared the parable of the the lost sheep in Luke chapter 15. So I just want to refer to that again where the shepherd has a hundred sheep. And he brings them into his fold and he counts them. And he's like, are they all here? And he only gets to 99 And he realizes there's one missing. So he leaves the 99 and he goes to find the one that's missing. Because it's not okay that that one is not there. And he goes to find it and brings it back. There was a time where our family, a number of years ago, we were visiting the zoo. And so we went to the zoo and and had a fun day together. And this was when our, our boys were much younger. And... So our youngest was probably around three. His name is Dex, and then we have two older boys, and they were around eight and ten. 
And so we're going through the zoo, and we're kind of visiting, you know, the exhibit. And then, you know, you leave one exhibit, and you kind of go to the next one. And so we kind of gather back up at that next exhibit, and we're looking around, and there's our older two boys. And I don't see my youngest son. And so I look over to my husband to see if he has him. And I look at him, and I don't see our youngest son. I'm like, do you have Dex? And he's like, no, do you? And I'm like, no. And so immediately my heart sinks, you know, I, I can no longer breathe. And what do we do? We look at our two older sons who are only eight and 10, and we say to them, stay right here, don't go anywhere. And immediately we both take off running in different directions, looking everywhere for our lost son, because we are not okay that he is not with us. We are not okay. I couldn't breathe. My heart was in my stomach. I was not gonna be okay until he was back with our family. And this is exactly what God's heart for his lost children is. It's exactly how he feels. And if we are his sons and daughters and we are in the family, it is our responsibility to go and bring the lost ones home. It is our responsibility. And so what are you going to do about it? What part are you going to play? Who are you going to bring home to the Father? And so I truly believe that this is something that we can pray and ask God to help us with because some of you may say, well, you know, I just don't, I just, you know, I just don't like doing the evangelism thing. I don't like sharing testimonies or telling people about Jesus. That's, that's just not my thing. Well, it is our thing. It has to be our thing. If you've chosen to follow Christ, you've chosen to live your life for him, it is your thing because there is nothing that wrenches the heart of God more than his sons and his daughters that are far from him. And he wants them home. And so we can align our heart with his. We can pray for boldness. We can ask God, God, give me boldness so I'll share the, my testimony, so I'll tell someone about you. Give me boldness so I can pray with that person at work that's going through a hard time. God, give me a passion for those who don't know you. God, would you let the Holy Spirit lead me to say the right thing at the right time? We can ask for that because it is our thing. And so as we close in prayer today, I simply wanna do that. I wanna just pray over you for that, for boldness and for the Holy Spirit to move you and for your heart to, to align with God's heart for lost people. So would you stand with us as we close today? And especially if that's you, if you need boldness, if you need a passion for the lost, you can just raise your hands up right now. That is the sign you are gonna receive from the Lord and you want all that he has for you in regards to this. So we raise our hands up and we pray, God, we love you so much. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for being our heavenly father. God, that we can run to you as your sons and daughters. And God, that you have given us victory and given us healing in our life, God. 
We thank you so much that we can live that out now and that we can hear powerful testimony of life transformation only because of you, only because of what you've done. So God, we thank you for that. And right now, God, we come before you and we just ask, God, we ask for boldness right now, boldness to be able to share our faith, boldness to be able to share our testimonies with people, God, boldness to pray with someone who's going through a hard time, God, boldness to invite someone to church, to lead them to Christ. God, we can do this through your power, through your strength. And I just pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us, God, as we leave today, God, we would have that boldness. We would have the power of the Holy Spirit to do those things and, and to not be afraid and to not be timid. God, we thank you so much that you can pour that over us. And God, I just pray right now, God, just for a passion for the lost, God, that you would burn our hearts, God, for the lost, just as your heart is burning for those that are not here. God, I pray that we would, we would have that. We would have what your heart feels, God. And I just pray that, that we would have a passion to do this in our life, God. Just pour this over us today, that we would go from here. And, and God, we would spread the good news of Jesus everywhere we go. And I pray for the result to be many more sons and daughters coming to your family, God. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And we just praise you and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.